Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Anything that moves, I don't care who it is. Just do Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown! You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Fran Duffy. That's right. Another week and training camp is upon us as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade continues. I'm Fran Duffy and I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 185. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk where I chat with Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks, the right side of the Eagles offensive line, all about a number of things, really. The O-Line Masterminds Academy. I was down there in Frisco, Texas at the Star last week. was an awesome trip. Learned a lot about offensive line play and really just their routine and what what they go through on a weekly basis, a yearly basis, uh, just a, a ton of insight. And Lane and Brandon will share that with you in this week's episode. And training camp now starts this week. So it's a, football is upon us here, uh, and we're going to get things started right now in Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. Really happy to be joined here by Eagles offensive lineman Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks. And guys, uh, we're down here, kind of set the scene for us, because we're here at the Star, we're in Frisco, Texas, and I'll start with you, Lane, because this is an event that uh, you know, we talked with uh, Duke Manyweather a couple weeks ago about uh, just the or- origination of the O-Line Mastermind Summit. So take us through your end of the story and how this whole event came to be. My whole idea in my mind was to get all the guys that play in the league and get them in one room, and really it'll all start there. From what I've seen, everybody just communicating. I think a lot after every game, you only have you know two or three minutes to kind of show your respect for another player and kind of talk about things. And then you know you have to go back to the locker room. So really, yeah. it's a way for us to all get together, discuss you know what we do for a living, and uh, really just kind of let it all out and try to. I mean, the whole idea behind it all is just try to become a better player, and, and we can all improve. How much has it grown from this year, from last year to this year? That's grown. Uh, you know, as far as the numbers, you know, uh, probably a, a pretty good bit. Yeah. A lot, lot more college kids. And really it was just, a, you know, a good a good turnout. And I think, you know, how we did it in the classroom and then come on the field, just a lot of good communication, you know, stuff we haven't had the ability to do. And uh, really just, you know, making new friends and, and – uh, that's really, really been it. It's been a lot of fun. And Brandon, this is your first, uh, your your first time down here for this event. Uh, what were your first impressions coming down here and really just getting into the meeting room for the first time with all these guys together? Well, first, you think it would be, uh, you know, the guy playing next to me who put it on <laughs> would have invited me last year, but you know, <laughs> the type of guy he is. I don't know me own self, <laughs> but uh, no, nah, it, it, it's it's super dope, man. Like to have, you know. A lot of the really good guys, top guys in the, in the league, and you know, young guys trying to you know get their game there, and you know, college guys who are trying to make it. Um, they come into a room, and you know, we all go through a lot of similar things as offensive linemen. Um, yeah. We face a lot of you know the same guys, same pass rushes, and it's interesting how you know some how some guys view the game. It's interesting to see like some of the techniques guys use, and how you can apply them to yourself because you know. Say you're taking on like a bull rush, but maybe you were doing it one way. Another guy was having a lot of success doing it another way, and you realize like 
I've been doing it the hard way the whole time, not yeah. knowing that there are other ways, you know, to do stuff. So, now it, it, it's super cool to all be in the same room and you know discuss ideas. Yeah, I don't want to give away too much of, of the stuff that you guys talk about, but to me, it's so cool that you guys talk about more than just the X's and O's and the technique. You're talking about things, you know, not necessarily outside of football, but the stuff that all of you guys are going through throughout the entire year as well. And I thought that was uh, really interesting as well. Yeah, uh, you know, whether it's you know touching on like recovery, you know, different. Um, ways to get your body back to where it needs to be because you know we all feel bad you know at you know different ways to have you bounce back i think one thing that was cool that we touched on was uh the confidence aspect yeah because sure. playing o-line i think it's very similar to db where you can have you know a, a, be having a great game you know locking a guy out shutting him out and then you know whether it's one touchdown for a receiver or one sack for a d lineman all of a sudden like you know your whole day is ruined and next thing you know you're doing you're out there doing stuff that you've never done before you know you're getting in your own way and it's like to go out there and, you know, and I think as, as old line, we all kind of, you know, feel that way going into games. Like, you know, we want to be perfect. We wanna, don't want to give up a sack and, yeah. you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, we all go through it. Nobody's going to be perfect, man. It's nice to, uh, I guess, hear other guys, you know, say the same thing. Like going out there, having the mentality of, you know, whatever happens, happens. I'm, I'm good enough to, to be out here playing. I'm going to be confident in myself and, you know, better myself. So, I couldn't help but notice both days you guys said you obviously are sitting next to each other. Lane, you're on the right each time. Uh, do you, when you guys are all together, are you always on his right just because that's how you guys are used to uh, standing next to each other uh, on the field? Uh, you know, he's just such a big individual. <laughs> I mean, he kind of tells me where to go, and I just listen. Like when you, when you guys uh, get yeah. in the car together, is he always gotta, he's always got to drive because he's going to be on the left? Yeah, he pretty, yeah, and I'm a bad driver too. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, you know, I think the whole thing about this is kind of being vulnerable. Yeah. I think as a offensive lineman, we all want to be tough. So we all want to, you know, kind of be macho man. Mm kind of have that kind of mentality but at the same time uh coming here and just being vulnerable and, and really just being real with each other i think that's probably the most refreshing and uh and that's what i like about it is that you kind of remove remove layers from everything and kind of get down to you know the human aspect of everything and so it's been a lot of fun and as far as him i mean probably I mean, probably my best friend one of them uh just because huh? <laughs> you know it's just just a great dude so you know yeah. where I, whenever i'm not around or whenever i'm not around him hell you know hell i miss i miss being around the guy you know because we spent so much we, we, we spent so much time together so he helps keep me uh you know in a straight path because i've been known to drift and get in trouble so you know he's he's helped me out a lot so i'm thankful for that well, I'm glad we started talking about the two of you together because I wanted to ask you about some of the things that you guys do together at a, such a high level. Well, first, we'll talk about something that uh, Coach Stout, whenever we have him in studio, he's always talking about smashing stacks. And you guys smash stacks. We're talking about double teams in the run game better than anybody in the league together. Uh, what does that take? How long does that take to kind of develop, you know, just that feel for working together in the run game side by side? I'm pretty fortunate. You, you know, you got a guy that's, you know, there's not too many guys that are built like Brandon. I'm talking about in a good way, just a very powerful individual. So as far as me, I mean, he makes my job pretty easy. So I'm very fortunate uh, to have that. So really, I think, you know, our main focus is, is getting healthy. And uh, I think once that happens, if, whenever we're playing confident, uh, you know, I think we're hard to match up against. But that's really it. Uh, and just being, being there for each other every day, just coming back from injuries and, and really just giving it hell. I mean, that's all you can do and, and try to make the, the season the best, the best it can be. And, Brandon, when you, you got here, obviously Lane was already kind of entrenched on the right side when you got here. How long did it take you to kind of feel comfortable? We're like, all right, like we're, we're in lockstep right now. Uh, well, did you, did you get suspended my first year? <laughs> all right, so uh, early on, like, so prior to even coming here, man, I heard a lot of great things about Lane. Mm-hmm. Um, 
not just as a player, but uh, like as a person. Heard a lot of good things and, um, you know, was really excited and looking forward to coming up here and, and working. And, you know, kind of had a setback. But, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, going through that with him, um, he showed me, like, the outside noise really don't matter. Because, mm. I mean, I always, t- like, joke with him. If you can survive, like, two, you know, suspensions, like, dog, you, what can't you weather? Yeah. Because, I mean, especially in Philly, you know how it is, man. So, um, you know, watching him go through that, man, and, 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 and come out, man, really, I think, bonded us together a lot more during that season. So, you know, when he did come back, um, it was kind of like, you know, we picked up where we left off during training camp and then, you know, just hit the ground running. And now it's we're, we're together all the time. So sure. we're always talking ball, um, even on the field when we're going, you know, through the B-block smash and stacks. Um, yep. How do you see this? Okay, I'm gonna try to do this. Uh, you know, maybe you can do this, or vice versa. And then I think the biggest thing that you know kind of really connects us is we like to have fun, man. Like the game is fun. We enjoy you know smashing stacks. We enjoy you know locking guys up one on one. Like we enjoy you know it's third and ten. Well, we're gonna leave the right side one on one. Like we enjoy stuff like that. We yeah. enjoy rising to the occasion. Like we enjoy just having fun out there together. So. The other aspect of that too, if we go to their passing game, is uh, you know passing off stunts and twists up front. It's for fans that don't really know what that's like from a communication standpoint, take take us through what that looks like. If you guys are on the man side of the protection and you guys have to pass things off, what what kind of goes through from snap to finish there? Uh, well, so say we got you know like a <laughs> right hands together praying, but uh, say we got a te coming up, man. You got three technique, you know, t, uh, tackles penetrating and ends coming around. Um, you know, we do work on that stuff, you know, throughout the week. But, you know, little stuff like I got to make sure to snap it off, you know, in front of the lane instead of letting the guy, you know, get to his shoulder and then, you know, split the both of us with the other guy coming around. Mm. Um, I got to work on that drifting. And then if I drift, and, yeah, I got to work on that drifting because if I drift too much, I give up too much space and that's a free lane for him to come and smack Brandon in the head without him having any vision of him. So the spacing is important, right? And not just being next to each other, but also on different levels yeah. of the, uh, yeah, the line yeah, as well, right? Yeah, it it's all levels. And mm. uh, there's times where I don't get done and, and hey he gets mad because you're getting smacked in the face so <laughs> that gives me the initiative to do better next time so uh you know everything about the old line position it's all black and white and i think being vulnerable and and uh and really just telling it how it is is kind of the relieving factor because there is no recipe end all be all to this you know style play you know playing office line it is what it is but at the same time we're lucky we're on a good team and and we're enjoying it so we try to have as much fun as we can so I, I want to ask you guys about just first impressions on a couple key figures with the Eagles, and one of them is a guy that you guys know really well, uh, Jason Peters. You you arrive as a, as a top five pick. You arrive as a, as a big free agent. What were your first thoughts before you had gotten there on Jason Peters? Like, what did you know about him? And then what was your first impression? And maybe throw in a good uh, JP story if you can. Uh, I mean, JP, his reputation precedes himself. Um, when I was down in Houston. You know, a guy I looked up to looked up to him. So that's mm-hmm. how I kind of first started hearing him. Then I started watching his film and, like, the stuff that he was doing when he was younger and the stuff that he's doing now, like, guys at the top of their game can't do. Um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, JP's the first battle Hall of Famer. So to be in a room with somebody like that, like, that just don't come around, mm-hmm. um, you know, every, every day. Yeah, he, he, is, <laughs> he is funny, too. But uh, I'm trying to think of a, a funny JP story. I mean, uh, oh, yeah. 
the ref was like, JP, you know, you got to move up on the line. And JP, JP was like, what do you say? He's like, nah, I, I ain't doing that. And then the ref, the ref was like, well, I'll throw your ass out. And then the JP was like, you ain't doing <laughs> and then, like, literally two plays later, the ref goes, I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Peters. Call it Mr. Peters. Like, that, when you see stuff like that, it's like, yeah. You know what you're dealing with. Every game, every ref always come and shake his hand, call him Mr. Peters. Like, that is, uh, that's a true sign of respect. I mean, sure. every guy in the league, uh, you know, you've, you've, you've heard about him, so. Uh, I'm interested uh, to hear your, uh, your take on him as well, Lane. Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, really coming out of college, you know, I'm just moving to tackle. I don't really know that much about the position, but I do know I've heard a lot about this dude named Jason Peters. And first time I walk in the building, I see him. I said, this may be the biggest man I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> just because he's built like a 55-gallon drum, maybe a 100-gallon drum, just the biggest chest I've ever seen. And I've just never seen a human like that. And yeah, then – yeah, and so, you know, with that, you're thinking, you know, I've seen big guys, but, you know, I don't think they're very fast, and he gets out there and he moves like that. I'm like, this is a different breed of, of, of man. And then, uh, really, you know, Coach Stout says, you know, you just watch him and do everything he does. And so I did try to learn as much as I can. You know, there's never going to be another Jason Peters, but just try to, you know, pretty much copycat. Mm. And, uh, well, you know, one thing about him is that he's just a, a good person. Yeah. And so uh, I think whenever he comes in the room, everybody feels safe. Everybody feels secure because he knows that they, you know, people know that he's going to try to lift them up, and that's really what kind of person human being he is. You know, he's a big family man. He's a he's a big teammate guy, and he's just it's really all about his presence. Every time he's in a room, he he just takes control and, and in, a, in a good way. And that's what I hell you know when I'm not around, hell we miss him. You know, he's a fun, fun dude to be around. I've been thinking about him this weekend because he's a lot's been written about how every training camp he'll take a, a young UDFA or a, you know a young late late round pick and kind of mentor him and he keeps him under his wing and, and is teaching him through. And the guy may not make the team, but all summer he's connected to Jason Peters after practice. And it, it, I kind of feel like is that something that you try and, and employ here? Yeah, well, it's not like you know. One thing about him is that uh, you know he's he's very established. And I think, you know, it's just something he enjoys doing. Mm. And my whole thing is I didn't want to, you know, with this whole clinic thing, I wanted it to be about all the players just getting here. Yeah. yeah, you have to draw attention to get people, you know, knowing what it is. But I guess moving forward, it's really about just getting all the guys here. And moving forward, I want to get, you know, legends like the Jason Peters, the Joe Thomases, the, you know, Orlando Pace. That's kind of my goal. And I just want, you know, for the younger generation, you know, kind of the stories we heard about Jason Peters, we want to let these guys hear from them so as they start their journey they can – you know, kind of have some insight on that, and that's really, really it. All right, first impressions on, uh, on and just overall thoughts on, on Doug Peterson and, and what you knew about him coming in and then what, what uh, your first impressions were and then where you stand with him now. <laughs> you know, one thing about Doug is he always just keeps it real. I mean, yeah. you know you know where you're at. No doubt. And, uh, you know, really football, I think we complicate a lot of things. And so, you know, we go, you know, our main message is we try to eliminate distractions and we, and we work a tell off and, Usually when you do that, we, a lot of good things happen. And whenever adversity does hit, uh, he's always pretty calm. And so he just always keeps, uh, you know, the main, the main thing, the main thing, so to speak. And that's what gives us, you know, it's, it's a good feeling every day you walk in the building. And, you know, I feel lucky. Now, uh, Brandon, I know, you know, you, obviously you were one of the, big, the first big free agent signings with Doug. Uh, what were your thoughts when you got to meet him and really, you know, spending the last couple of years with him as well? So for me, Doug reminds me of a young Kubiak. Okay. Uh, similar careers. Sure. Backup, backup quarterbacks, uh, won championships behind, you know, Hall of Fame quarterbacks, um, became quarterback coaches, OCs, and then became a head coach. And I think now you're seeing just how 
you know, creative Kuz was calling plays, how much success he had, I think you're seeing that with Doug as well. Um, one thing that sticks out, you know, to me with Doug, like as a person, is he always tells us to let our personality show. Uh, basically saying, you know, be who you are, like, you know, whatever that is. You know, some guys get up different ways and some guys, you know, whatever. Do that. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, teams, organizations, you know, want guys to be a certain way and do things, you know, a certain way. It may not work for them. Um, I think that goes, like, really far t- t- uh, with me, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, Doug, great guy, um, always, you know, upbeat, always smiling, always, you know, having fun. Um, but, you know, don't get it twisted. He will chew some ass now, you know, mm-hmm. if he has to. Uh, and I think that's what, you know, makes him a great head coach. And I was going to – we're going to let you guys go after this question. Uh, Doug's training camps have always they, – they've kind of – they're kind of billed as being tough and hard. We're getting ready to go into camp here soon. Uh, what are your thoughts now as we kind of leave this event and kind of get your eyes forward? Obviously, you've got a couple weeks of rest here before camp. Uh, what, what's training camp like under Doug for fans uh, that don't know, maybe don't yeah. have an idea? You know, you would think, like, you know, Doug being a coach uh, or Doug being a former player, former quarterback, you know, camp might be, you know, cake or something. Camp is no joke. A lot of padded practice, a lot of, uh, you know, 907s, team runs, a lot of physical periods, long practices. Um, But, you know, with all that being said, I think he does a great job of listening to the team. Mm. Um, You know, obviously we're going to, you know, give our all for him, um, you know, follow him to the ends of the earth but uh you know when it's time to back off he backs off as well so yeah it's gonna be tough it's gonna be physical um you know it's gonna be long days guys gonna be tired but at the end of the day we know it's you know all the work's gonna pay off yeah really just uh with training camp it's just no use in complaining because you know you have a job to do that's really what it is as much as much you want to get around (laughs) it and try to you know get out of these you know try to finagle out of these practices you know you're not feeling good i mean that's the that's the thing with uh, football is that we are, we're all feeling the same thing. That's what bonds us. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's practice. Yeah, it's going to be physical. I mean, it's, it's football. Football, especially in the old line, um, it's always physical. So we know what it is, but at the same time, don't don't make it more than what it is, too. So um, that's really it. And then, you know, the preseason, getting all that done, it's really trying to get your body feeling good and get ready for week one. And then, you know, you know how the season is. It's It's long. It's one day at a time, you know, type mentality. So that's really where we're at. After 2017, did it change your perspective on the, the off season and everything that leads into it? Or, is it, or did it kind of stay exactly where you kind of felt it was before? Uh, well, it was just, uh, you know, the town was in a position that's never been in. Philly's yeah. never won a Super Bowl. So it was really just all of us, you know, kind of adjusting that. And, mm-hmm. you know, one thing I was proud of is, you know, how we responded with all these injuries. Yeah. We started off, you know, terrible. A lot of stuff was going bad. You know, people were getting injured. A lot of, you know, a lot of stuff in the media. Um, and really, we found a way to kind of overcome that and, and got in the playoffs, won a game. You know, we're close um, there in the Saints. Um, and really, it's, I think it's just a testament of our guys that we have, guys that just really battle their asses off. Exactly. That's a, it is what it is. Sorry. And that's, that's what I like about our group, uh, coaches and staff, everybody. That's what I like about it. Well, Lane, Brandon, we really appreciate the time here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Best of luck uh, over the next couple weeks. Get some rest, and we'll see you back in Philly here in a couple weeks. Well, great stuff there from both Lane and Brandon. You can follow them on Twitter just like I do, at LaneJohnson65 and at Brooks underscore 79 and while you're at it i'm at fduffy3 that's where i post all the podcasts i'm a part of and all of the x's and o's content that we produce here at philadelphiaeagles.com and that's a great way to support the show you can go on social media and retweet and like and, and engage and i love that but the number one way 
is to go on to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, wherever you listen, leave a rating, leave a comment that helps drive us, drive us up the rankings. Football is here. Like we said, this is the time now where people are looking for this kind of content. So just give me a little bit of a boost here. Go on, leave a rating, leave us a comment, and drive us up the rankings. And I want to give some love to some people who have done just that over the last couple of weeks. First up, Richard loved the podcast a few weeks ago with Josh Gaddis, the University of Michigan offensive coordinator. Talked all about wide receiver play. It's an evergreen show, as we call it, uh, in the business. So you can go back and listen to that at any point. Go check that out, that conversation with Coach Gaddis. But that got Richard thinking, do defensive backs ever work with wide receiver coaches at any level to help them and their ball skills? And it's a good question. I would say that's probably not. Most defensive backs coaches, they've got a lot of drills to help players with, uh, you know, with their ball skills, their ability to finish at the catch point. If you get a chance, uh, you can see Corey Unlin. You go and watch those Mikings on PhiladelphiaEagles.com uh, you know, with uh, Corey Unlin at training camp, at mini camp, where he works with those guys. They do a drill almost every day in the summer where he's going to put, especially those safeties in those corners, he'll put them uh, in the middle of the field. And then he'll get the jugs machine, you know, where the receivers are working, and he'll fire balls 30 yards downfield, 40 yards downfield, and either the safeties are chasing from the middle or the corners are acting like they're pressing and then running down the sideline. And it really kind of uh, encapsulates what those guys are asked to do in a game to then finish at the catch point. So every defensive back coach has things that they do to kind of work on players' hands. Uh, Receivers coaches certainly have their hands full with their own guys. But I would say, you know, I'm sure it happens at times, but not as common uh, as you may think. Good question, though, there, Richard. Next up, MJ Smith 91 left a question uh, and a comment as well after listening to the Josh Gaddis episode as well. So another listener who liked that Josh Gaddis show. Deshaun Jackson and Randy Moss are two of the top deep ball threats in the league, uh, but have totally different approaches. And he's talking about, obviously, in league history. Moss went over the top, while Deshaun seemed to use his leverage and subtle movements to catch the football. I'd love to hear your take on the similarities and differences between these two players. And, uh, you know, MJ, I think you kind of nailed it. And really, with both guys, they really kind of leveraged the, their strengths and their skill set, right? Deshaun is a smaller guy. He's not going to be that contested catch weapon. He's not going to go up and out-muscle a 6-1 corner for the football. More often than not, is he going to battle? Is he going to compete? Of course, but that's not his strength. He's not going to be a pure jump ball guy. That being said, he can use his body and he can use his elite ball tracking ability in the deep part of the field, at the third level of the field. Remember, that was what Coach Gaddis said. Deshaun was elite, one of the best in the NFL uh, period or in recent memory at doing just that. So he's got that ball tracking ability and with his speed, he's able to use that and win in the small game, right? Our friend Josh Norris likes to uh, break receivers up into two spots. You either win in the small game or in the big man's game. Some guys can do both. And I think Randy Moss was, was one of those guys. And that's why He's a Hall of Famer. You look at Randy Moss, yeah, he did have the ability to go up and over, and he was a little bit bigger, had that ability to go up. Calvin, you look at Calvin Johnson and A.J. Green and Julio Jones. Those guys have the ability to win in both ways, where they can go up and over you, or they can just run by you and, and kind of juke you out and win at the top of the route as well. So you know, some guys just do it in different ways. Ultimately, you know, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat. And when you look at these receivers, the ability to win vertically down the field at the third level – there's a lot of ways you can do it, and that's a great example you pointed out there, pointing at Deshaun and Randy Moss. So uh, great stuff from all of you out there. Great questions there, and thank you so much for listening, not just to this podcast, but all of our podcasts at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. But that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Over the next few weeks, 
we're going to have a lot of fun on this show because, yeah, we're going to talk through training camp, and I'll give my thoughts on what we're seeing out in the practice field, but we're also going to have a number of guests over the next three weeks where we're going to break down all of the Eagles' division rivals, all three teams in the NFC East. How are they doing this summer? How are they looking this summer? But also, how are they going to match up against the Eagles this fall? Remember, Six games compiled the, the NFC East schedule with what the Eagles are going to face this year. So six out of their 16 games are going to come from the NFC East. How will those games be decided? What will be the big factors? We'll take an early look at what that will look like here uh, this summer. So that will be the next three weeks here on the show. Then we'll recap training camp. And before we know it, we'll have our, uh, our regular post-game podcast with Greg Cosell from NFL Films right here in the studio on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast on Chalk Talk each week. But that being said, I think that will do it. Another show in the books for everybody here at the Novacare Complex. I'm Fran Duffy. We'll talk to you next week.